Well, good morning. I want to welcome you to Element Church. Uh, today is a very special day uh, for a lot of reasons. And I'm guessing that many of you are here because of one of or maybe all of those special reasons today. Now, there are three things that make today a little bit unique and special. And we're going to talk about all three uh, during the course of our time together today. The first one that makes today special is today we are wrapping up um, our study through 2 Timothy uh, in a series that we've titled Legacy. So as a church, we've been going through uh, the book of 2 Timothy in the New Testament for seven or eight weeks now. And today we get to wrap up that study. Um, as we jump into 2 Timothy and are going to read some verses together, if you would like to follow along, one of the best ways you can do that is by scanning this QR code. It'll open up the Bible on your phone and uh, you can follow along. It's going to open it up actually to the exact verses we'll be reading and you can follow along with us this morning. Uh, it's also special today and unique because uh, today will be the last day that I uh, have the honor and the privilege of serving as the lead pastor of Element Church. And more than anything else, today is special because we get to celebrate together as nine individuals come forward uh, to publicly declare their faith and put their faith on display in baptism. And so we're going to talk about all three of those today, but before we get too far ahead, before we we jump too far ahead. Um, let's just take things one at a time. And we're gonna start by looking in the Bible, in the New Testament, to the book of 2 Timothy. And so I would love to invite you to open up with us to 2 Timothy. And we're gonna be in chapter four, verses six through eight. Now, if you'll remember, um, and if you don't remember, because maybe you haven't been here through this study with us, then let me give you a brief introduction, a brief introduction so that I can then conclude the book, but a brief introduction nonetheless. Second Timothy is the Apostle Paul's last written words. Um, Paul writes two letters to this young pastor named Timothy in the first century. Timothy is pastoring the church that Paul started in the ancient city of Ephesus. And um, Paul is giving him some final words of encouragement. You see, Paul knows that what he is writing are going to be the last things he ever has the chance to say. Paul devoted the second half of his adult life to traveling throughout the Roman Empire, preaching the good news about Jesus about who Jesus is and what he came to do by dying on the cross for our sins, by defeating death and the grave in his victorious resurrection. But Paul paid a dear price for it too because not everyone was happy to hear this message. Now, interestingly enough, I said Paul devoted the second half of his adult life to these tasks, which is true because if you don't know Paul's story, Paul devoted the first half of his adult life to destroying everything Jesus came to build. Paul hated Jesus. He hated everything Jesus stood for. He saw Jesus as a threat to what he believed and what he held dear. And all of that changed the day he met Jesus himself face to face. 
That day he met Jesus, his entire life was turned upside down and he went from the greatest destroyer of God's church to the greatest builder of God's church. He devoted himself to traveling to every major metropolitan area in the Roman Empire that he could to preach about Jesus and to start new churches. And like I said, he paid a dear price for it. Paul was beaten to nearly to death multiple times sometimes by the Roman government, sometimes by an angry mob who didn't want to hear him preaching. Multiple times, Paul was arrested for his faith and his activities. Now, eventually, each time Paul was set free and he would get out of prison and then just continue on his ministry, but not this time. You see, Paul writes 2 Timothy, his second letter to young Timothy, in the mid-60s of the first century. At the time of his writing, Paul is in prison in Rome and he's under trial before Caesar Nero and things are not going well. Paul knows that this is the end of his life, that he will not be set free from this imprisonment and that he will be executed soon. And these are his final words. This is his last written letter. This is Paul wanting to cement his legacy to pass on some final words of wisdom and encouragement as best as he can before his time is up. And so let's look together at some of the last things Paul says in this letter. He tells Timothy, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me now the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Now, technically, these aren't the actual last words. There's a handful of verses that come after this. We're not going to look at them today because they're very personal in nature. Um, Paul actually asked Timothy if he would bring him a coat because he's very cold. He asked Timothy to bring him his favorite books and scrolls so that he can have them with him in his final days. He gives some final farewells as he knows that many of these people that he has loved for so many years and decades, people that he pastored there in Ephesus when he started the church, that this will be the last time he will ever get to say anything to them. But rather than looking at those words, I just want to look at the last thing Paul says before just some of his personal correspondence. Paul worked and he fought to the end. Despite all the challenges, despite all the difficulties, he ran his race and he ran it to the finish line. You know, it's so easy to make excuses. I mean, we all know that, right? There are an infinite number of reasons we can all come up with to justify why we get distracted or why we stop pushing forward. And in the moment, they all seem legitimate, don't they? This will resonate with some of you. Some of you may be too young yet to know it, but just take it for what it is. You'll learn one day. Do you remember when you were in college Do you remember how busy you thought you were? Do you remember when you thought you had no available time? And now you look back and you're like, I was only supposed to be in class like 15 hours a week and I made 12 of those hours. 
maybe, right? I worked a part-time job. 75% of my week was wide open, but I thought I was so busy. Do you remember when your kids were really, really young? Some of you are in a stage where that's the reality now, and some of you are in a stage where you now look back on old memories and old pictures of when your kids were still crawling and in diapers, and do you remember remember what it felt like? And then when you get out of that season, the perspective you have, every life stage is like that. No matter what season you're in today, there's a million reasons why it's a hard season. And there are a million reasons why we can come up with excuses to be distracted. We always think that one day there'll be more time, there'll be more money, there'll be more capacity, there'll be more opportunities, you know, in some future season. Then we'll settle down. Then we'll get our act together. Then we'll do the things we wish we could do today. And then one day you wake up and life has passed you by. Now let's be honest. There are real challenges to every season of life. Not getting a lot of sleep is tough when your kid's are little when you're just trying to figure out how to navigate life and school and work all by yourself and pay bills and do all these things that you never had to do before, it's difficult. Maybe, maybe in the future you will have more free time. Maybe in the future you will have more disposable income. Maybe in the future you will have opportunities to do things that you can't do today. Maybe that will be true. But what about what the Lord is calling you to do today? You don't get this moment or this season back again. In a decade from now, you won't have the same neighbors. You won't have the same coworkers. Your kids won't be living at home. Don't miss what's before you now, hoping it will be different or better or easier tomorrow. At the end of your life, Like Paul, you want to be able to say, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. But you only get to say that if you don't stop running. If you don't allow the excuses of life today to distract you or make you stop pushing forward. These verses really along with the entire letter of 2 Timothy, are Paul's final words, that last encouragement for this young pastor in this church that he loves so much. Now, I don't want to over-romanticize this letter or this moment that we share today, but if I may, and since I have the microphone, I will, I'd like to say a few things to all of you, uh, sort of my parting words to this church. For the last 10 years, it has been nothing short 
I didn't think that was going to happen. It's been nothing short of one of my greatest life, life's honors to live alongside of you, to lead and to serve and to shepherd this church. Um, this church was not founded on me or my family. This church is founded on the gospel of Jesus, on the good news of his life and his death and his resurrection. The mission, the mission of this church has always been to glorify God through whole lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That mission has never been more true or more needed in this community and in this world than it is right now. And this church will continue to move forward and bringing God glory by proclaiming the gospel and fostering whole life transformation. My hope and my excitement for Element has never been as strong as it is right now. And the reason is because more and more every year, more and more of you embody the mission of this church. We have all gotten to witness men and women fill the pool of God's spirit to take that next step and to devote more of their lives to God's mission in this world. We've all sat here and watched people go from being skeptics of God's existence or his love for them and see God do a work in their heart and they become fully devoted followers of Jesus. As we'll see again today, we have seen so many individuals make a public declaration of their faith by being baptized. We've seen men and women step into new roles and responsibilities of leadership in God's church and in his kingdom. We've seen people surrender their lives to serving and following God's leading into vocational ministry and into taking the gospel to new places, new communities, and to foreign countries. The future of this church depends on you, not on the next lead pastor. The future of this church depends on you, not on some staff or group of paid professionals. The mission of this church and the mission of God in this world rests on your shoulders. So the question is, will you fight the good fight? Or will you take a back seat just because things are changing? Will you finish the race or will you sit on the sidelines hoping someone else will do the work and take the responsibility that God has called you to do and take? Will you keep the faith? 
Not will you admire someone else's faith who stands on this stage. Not will you ride the coattails of someone else's faith. Will you hold fast to your faith and will you take ownership of your own spiritual growth and development? If you will. If you will fight the good fight, if you will finish the race, if you will keep the faith, then the best days of Element Church are yet to come. What we've seen the Lord do over the last 10 years, what we've seen the Lord do in the hearts and lives of people, your hearts and lives, this will just be the introduction to the hundreds and to the thousands of lives that will be transformed through the church, through you. And today we get to share in and witness a beautiful picture of what that is. Today, through the baptism of these nine individuals, we get to witness how God moves and works in and through a church to transform lives by his gospel. It's fitting that we're going to close our time not talking about me, not talking about my transition or a new lead pastor coming in, but talking about what the Lord has done because this has always been about what the Lord is doing. We get to see that picture and we get to hear it, but you don't have to hear it from me. As we do every time we celebrate baptisms, I want you to hear from those who are coming forward today to make their public declaration of their faith. Uh, my name is Brighton Marzan. I'm 12 years old and I go to Challenge to Excellence Charter School. Uh, my name is Colin and I'm 14 and I am going to Vista Peak. My name is Emiko. I'm 10 years old and I go to Murphy Creek. My name is Caden Anderson. I'm 12 years old and I go to Murphy Creek. My name is Kiers and I am eight and I go to Murphy Creek. I'm Lillian and I'm seven years old. I go to Calvary Christian Academy. Hi, my name is Trenton. I'm 12 and I go to Murphy Creek K through eight. My name is Tara Anderson. I am originally from Sioux Falls, South Dakota and moved here about 20 years ago. I moved here after finished nursing school to start my nursing career. My favorite thing to do outside of school is I like, I really like playing sports and um, hanging out with my family and friends. I love to fish and play basketball with my friends. My favorite thing to do when I'm not in school is arts and crafts. When I'm not in school, I like to play lacrosse and hang out with my friends. Play video games. Um, when I'm not in school, I really like to play sports or be active, whether that's just playing basketball with my friends or just playing catch out back with my dad or my sister. My favorite thing about Element Church is I really, I really like the community um, and how everybody is like a family. My favorite thing about Element Church is the way we can talk to people and like we're a family. Um, my favorite thing about Element Church is the music. My favorite thing about Element Church is probably the singing because it relates to us a lot. My favorite thing about Vacation Bible School last week was the Orbeez. <laughs> My favorite thing about Element Church 
is going to the kids' Bible thingy. My favorite thing about Element Church is how it's such a small community, so every time I go there, I just know everybody, and I really love it because I get to hang out with my friends because everybody I know goes there and my family. What I love most about Altman Church is we started coming probably two and a half years ago, and it was like this instant family connection feeling. Um, felt very welcomed, and um, yeah, it was just a great, a great feeling, like we were already part of a family. My favorite Bible verse is John 8.32. It's, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. My favorite Bible verse is the Philippians 4.13. I can endure all these things with the power of one, one who gives me strength. My favorite Bible story is uh, the feeding of the 5,000. God takes two pieces of fish and five loaves of bread and feeds more than 5,000 people. My favorite Bible verse is probably Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I don't know, it just relates to me a lot in like real life and stuff. My favorite Bible story is Goliath, and this is what happened. So <laughs> um, all the Israelites were scared of Goliath, and they didn't want to attack him. So. But David had his slingshot and a rock, and then he shredded it, and then God made it go in his forehead, and then he fell backwards and died. My favorite Bible story is in the beginning of Genesis, when God realized that the world that he created was full of violence. So he sent a flood, and he kept Noah and his family, and every species of animal and bird and whatnot, and he kept Noah and his family and told Noah to build an ark. Uh, God made a covenant with Noah that represented that he would never do that again because he felt really bad. So after it rains in the Bible, it said every time there's a rainbow that represents the covenant he had with Noah that day. My favorite um, Bible verse is Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord has forgave you. Well, so when I was at summer camp this summer, um, the preacher uh, was sharing the gospel and I, w I just felt like really moved by that. And um, so he had us come up and pray with our counselors, our cabin counselors. And he said, if you want to accept Jesus into your life, pray with your counselor and you can accept him. And I did that. I asked Jesus to forgive me for my sins last year at Bible study camp at my old church. My Christian story would be when I was a little girl, we used to go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays, sometimes twice on Sundays, sometimes a whole weekend. And um, it was wonderful though, you know, we had a great connection with everybody and everybody was super supportive and you felt the love and everything when you were there. And when I moved here, um, Mike already lived here, my husband now, and we just got caught up. Like we had no friends and very few family, and we were trying to navigate this new world of life without parents, and just got into my career, and he was getting into his, 
And honestly, before I knew it, I woke up and uh, it was 18 years later and I had three kids. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and then really big when COVID hit, I think like a lot of people just really started thinking and had a lot of time to yourself to think. And I thought, you know, I really feel like something's missing. And the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I feel like this void and I really want to get back into to church and, and you know, um, that's kind of when we saw the videos and because they weren't doing church um, in the schools yet, started watching it online and I just really felt a connection. And so when we were able to go back into church, we started going right away and I was like, man, I feel like I've been part of this church forever and like this void had been filled in my life. I decided I wanted to get baptized because I knew it was the right time and it felt like, like God was kind of like telling me that it was the right time to get baptized. I wanted to get baptized because my family was doing it and we kind of wanted to do it like as a family. Um, I decided to get baptized because um, I wanted to free my sins and start a new chapter. Um, I wanted to get baptized because I want to become my new self and more involved with God. A pastor was talking about what Easter meant and why Jesus did everything he did, what happened with God and everything with Jesus. And at the end, there was this baptizing ceremony where everybody could get baptized. And before that, he explained what baptize, being baptized meant. And that really like hit me that well, this is really cool. I never knew anything about this. So I asked my dad about it, like if he was baptized, my mom, and like why they were baptized, why they wanted to be baptized. And then I was like, hey, I wanna learn more about this and maybe I can get, be baptized myself. I finally decided to baptize. I really felt like um, personally and more so even publicly, I was ready to share um, that my journey and my next steps in in Jesus Christ and wanted to just really um, have that connection. I feel like there's still a little bit missing and I feel like the baptism will really put that connection and complete the whole um, circle and void that I need and wanting to fill. Because I thought like it would be really cool and also I believe in Jesus and what he did for us. Jesus um, died on the cross for, for our sins. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I would say Jesus is the son of God that died on the cross for to forgive our sins. And he rose back three days later. Sins are like bad things you do. Um, Jesus died on the cross so that our sins would be forgiven and we could go up in heaven and live with him. Maybe because um, everybody was sacrificing towards God, but I guess maybe Jesus didn't really want them to sacrifice anymore. So he made a really big sacrifice for all of us. He's been there for me through so much. You know, when we moved here and kind of got off track, he I felt like he never really left me. And he brought me back on the track. And 
um, brought me back to Element Church, and I feel like he was always there for me. Um, if some, if a friend asked me why I was getting baptized and what it was, I'd tell them that it's giving your life to Jesus because He loves you so much and you love Him so much, and you will be, you will be able to be with Him forever. I would say getting baptized is um, giving yourself to God to be free of your sins. Baptism is um, when someone dumps you in the water and like when you come out, it feel, it means that God washed away your sin. Baptism is like devoting your life to God and His sons and daughters. He died on the cross for all of our sins and He he was um, buried for three days, and then on the third day, which is Easter, he rose. And it, it represents bapti being baptized because um, you're gonna like be immersed underwater, which is like when Jesus died on the cross, and then three days later for Jesus, you'll be risen up to the water, which all your sins are cleansed. It's when you're dying your old self and becoming a new self. Baptism is like <laughs> you kind of get dunked under the water to show that D Jesus died on the cross and three days later he, he rose again. Jesus was a man who was crucified or put to death for our sins because we could never have a life worthy of God on our own. If they asked me what Jesus was, I would tell them he, he is all-powerful. Uh, you should believe in Jesus because he can make your life better and he will make your life better. So I was born into the world with a biological dad who didn't want me, um, and, but God blessed me with a father, who, amazing earthly father, who really loves me. <laughs> and, but most importantly, God loves me more than anything in the world. So, um, I just want to share my story so that other people can know the love of God and that they can experience the love of God too. My name is Emiko and I'm taking the plunge. I'm Colin and I'm taking the plunge. I'm Brighton and I'm taking the plunge. I'm Kaden and I'm taking the plunge. I'm Lillian, and I'm taking the plunge. <laughs> I'm Trenton, and I'm taking the plunge. I'm Kirsten, and I'm taking the plunge. I am Tara, and I'm taking the plunge. Um. You know, uh, if you ask most, I think most Christians, what's, what's your favorite, uh, you know, what's your favorite day of church of the year? I think most would say Easter. Uh, if you ask people at Element Church, they'd say Church in the Park. 
And uh, if you ask me, it would be baptism celebrations. Um, hearing and seeing the ways in which mm, I thought I was past this already. <laughs> uh, the Lord moves. And so you got to hear their stories. And uh, I want to introduce you to Caitlin because she's also coming forward to get baptized today. And we unfortunately weren't able to uh, record her story, but I wanted to give her an opportunity to share a few things with you as well. Thank you. Good morning, Element Church. Um, as Adam mentioned, my name's Caitlin. Um, my family and I have been coming to Element Church for five, going on six years um, since we moved into our home here in Murphy Creek. Um, unfortunately, um, I wasn't able to record um, a video for this because we um, lost our dog of almost 14 years um, on the day of. So it's been a little bit of an emotional week for our family. Um, however, I was very blessed to be able to speak with Adam and Elena. Um, and they said, you know, we don't want that to stop you um, from being baptized. So um, I'm very grateful that I still get to do this. Um, just a little bit about my faith and uh, relationship with God. I've always felt um, very connected to God my whole life. Um, I definitely have felt like the one that he has left the 99 for. Um, whenever I got too far um, or off track, there was always a way in my life that he said, hey, you're too far, I need you to come back. Um, and right before we started coming to Element Church, my mother-in-law had some women from her church come to her house, and she invited me. Um, and the pastor that was there told me, you have such a strong faith and relationship with God. The only thing that you're lacking and missing is church. And coincidentally, driving home, we saw signs for Element Church. Um, and we've been coming ever since. Um, and I never realized until coming here and growing in my faith with the church um, what baptism meant and that you could do it besides when you're a baby, right? Um, so it's really special for me to get to do this, um, not only for my family, my daughter, um, but for everybody here. Um, and there's um, a song I thought of when Adam asked me if I wanted to come up and talk. Um, and of course, I can't think of who sings it, but it's called Let Them See You. Um, and there's some words in it that say, let them see you in me. Let them hear you when I speak and let them feel you when I sing. So for me, getting baptized, um, I want to make that commitment so that when I speak, um, and with my actions, everything that I do, I want people to see my faith and to feel the love of our Lord come through me um, and be that example so I can plant those seeds for everybody that I encounter. Um, and if you don't come to church regularly, I highly encourage you. Um, I'm telling you, Element Church is so much of the reason why I'm where I am in my faith. Um, 
and I still have so much growing to do. Um, and I'm very fortunate that I get to do that here with all of you. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Caitlin. Um, I think the only thing left to do is to turn our attention to Jesus. And uh, so I'm going to invite the worship team to come and to lead us. Um, Mike, I'm so thankful that you drove all the way from Florida to lead worship today. He didn't really drive from Florida for that purpose, but he was in town from Florida, so he said, hey, why don't you come lead? Uh, our worship minister, Trina, and her husband are a much-needed, much-deserved uh, getaway, just the two of them, and so thankful that Mike came to, to fill in and lead worship for us today Why? our worship minister was out. Uh, we gather together to turn our attention to the Lord, to glorify him. One of the ways we can do that is by uh, how we posture ourselves and, and singing to him. Singing in a group setting may be foreign to you, it may be unusual, but it's one of the ways that we honor God. But more than singing songs, what God wants, what he wants more than just you to Repeat words on a screen as you want your heart. He died for you. He gave his life so that we would give him ours. And if you've never done that today, today's the day to do it. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. We just get to stand in your presence. I thank you for the way that you move and you speak. For the way that you change hearts and lives. How you give us purpose and meaning. Lord, would you be honored by the way we respond to you this morning? I want you to keep your eyes closed for just a moment where you sit. There's a couple ways to respond today. One of them would be to stand and to sing in just a moment. For some of you, maybe you wanna stay seated and just, just be in an attitude of prayer. At the back of the room is our communion table. If you wanna make that a part of your worship response this morning. We do that because on the night before Jesus died, he had one final supper with his followers and he took some bread and he broke it and he said, this now is gonna represent my body which is broken for you. He took a cup of wine and he said, this now represents the blood that I'm gonna pour out for you on the cross. And so for the last 2,000 years, Christians have been taking the bread and the cup to remember his sacrifice for us. And so if you'd like to make that a part of your worship response this morning, the table is available in the back. And more than anything, if today's the day, if this is the moment for you to give your life to Jesus, the Bible says that all of us are sinners. We're all separated from God. But Jesus died to pay the penalty for those sins. The Bible says that if you will believe in Jesus and his resurrection, and if you will confess him to be the Lord of your life, to be your ruler, your master, your God, then you'll be saved. 
There's no magic formula. There's no special words. Just in your heart, you confess your belief and you give him your life. And if you need to do that, you do that right now. Lord, thank you. Would you continue to move? To be honored by the ways we respond to you.